0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast, My First Season. Greg and I have never worked or met before, but he did meet a lot of people I grew up with. My first club med was at three and a half months old in Copper Mountain to visit my uncle, who was chief of entertainment at the time. My first season was as Water Sports Geo in Turquoise in September 2014. We were pretty excited about that because my dad's first season was sailing in Turquoise 25 years by the month before me. I grew up in Vancouver, B.C. and did five years straight with Club Med. I finished in 2020 when the village I was in closed due to COVID and only went back for a quick month this past December to open Charlevoix. A fun fact about me was I was conceived on my parents' wedding night in Paradise Island Club Med, so they all made jokes that I was born to be a geo. My name is Emily, and this is my first season. Emily, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the podcast.
1: Thank you for coming. Who needs Emily in Paris on Netflix when we have Emily in Vancouver, BC, right? Am I right? Yes,
0: of course.
1: Okay. (laughs) Instead of binge watching Emily in Paris, how'd you just put your ears on this podcast for 45 minutes? And uh, are you ready? You ready to light this fire?
0: Oh, I am. I'm so
1: ready. Okay. You dropped a lot of hints in your intro so i have happened to meet both your father and your uncle i worked with your uncle in cancun and i think in 2004 2005 and i met your father i believe in xgo2 in 2008 in cancun where he kept forcing me to play beach volleyball every day even when i didn't mm. want to but he was very very persuasive if you yes. mind telling Sounds listeners
0: exactly. uh first who your uncle is my uncle is jenner
1: jenner and your father
0: is cheese
1: cheese okay now uh,
0: i I, never, I think I, that's what they went by for club met yes. not the real names but I, I, I
1: might have forgot to ask him how he how did he get that nickname do you know or should Jeez? I yeah
0: It's very random, but when he was a kid, uh, he had a lot of brothers and a sister, and he didn't like eating cheese, so they would always make fun of him and call him cheese, and then it just morphed into what everyone calls him. He loves cheese now, but growing up, it was always Coach Cheese coaching my soccer team, or he owns a, a sports bar here in Vancouver, and his professional email is now Cheese Jensen. So yes, it's really just... Everyone just calls him that. I rarely hear people call him by his real name.
1: So he's not lactose intolerant anymore, is what you're telling me.
0: Exactly. Okay. <laughs>
1: probably going to reach out to him. I hope he comes on the show. Cause it'd be cool to get all, all three of you on, you know, at one point. So, um, Oh
0: yes. He loves talking about club. He men. does.
1: Okay. cheese. I'm he coming for you. <laughs> you. You owe me for forcing me to play beach volleyball, even though I enjoyed myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah.
1: So another interesting fact you divulged was that you were conceived in club med paradise Island, right? So this is yeah. crazy. <laughs> so were your parents working there at the time or were they just on vacation there?
0: No, they were done working for Club Med. My Uncle Jenner was there uh, with a few other people they know. And they were talking about getting married, but they were low on funds and we had a big family. So they're kind of like, "Okay, like, what do we do about our wedding? And they were talking to Jenner and he's like, come here and get married. And they're like, maybe we should. So I think my dad went in like a week before my mom just to work a little bit, I believe, and hang out a bit. And then my mom came in with her sister and it was in nineteen ninety-two. So they weren't GOs, but went in and Jenner went to the chef de Village at the time. I don't actually believe I know the name, but said hey, my uh, brother's coming in. He wants to get married. It will be something really small on the side. And the chef de village said, it will not be slow, Jenner, if it's a family member of yours, or it will not be a small thing. So apparently they had... uh, All the mechanics and the maintenance guys like set up this big thing, flowers in a walkway and the chefs came up and asked what food they want and what kind of cake they want. And it was this big extravagant uh, wedding. Uh, My mom said there was a ton of people. Majority of them were geos and randoms. We've never met in our life, but she's like, it was great. So yeah, they, they had a good time. And then yes, uh, nine months later I was born. So (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Literally a Club Med
0: baby. Yes, and, uh, there was uh, a go at the time who made me a blanket, um, and on it she said "Made in Club Med and Paradise Baby," so <laughs> I have that for the rest of my life now.
1: <laughs> Can't shake it, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, since with you we already know like the how, we know how you found out about Club Med because normally that's mm-hmm. one of my questions. So I guess I should say we know you're born in Vancouver. So I guess when did you were you going to school right up until you started working in 2014? Were you
0: working? Like when
1: did you, like, um, what were you doing when you decided to make the leap?
0: Yeah, I was in uni. I was taking events and conventions management a program, but yeah, like I grew up going to club meds on vacation and it was always something on my list of things to do. So I applied and I got accepted and it was the classic club med, like, how soon can you go? And I said, oh, whenever you guys need me. And I think like three days later, I had a plane ticket. I was supposed to go at the start of a season in Turks, but something happened with one of the GOs and they said, you know what, we're going to bring you in a month early. That way you could train with the team that's there. It's uh, a ton of really great GOs on the sailing team. So you'll get an opportunity to learn from the best. So yeah, it was pretty much last minute, like a few days to be like, okay, this is real. Wow. Okay. I'm going to Turks. And then of course everyone knows all the shopping for dress codes and all that kind of stuff began and had a few short days to say bye to everyone. And then I was off.
1: You're kind of a, uh, you know, like in universities, you have legacy. So you're kind of a a legacy go. So do legacy GOs even get interviewed or were you just like,
0: yeah. So the people I know in corporate wanted to do it all official they said, just because we know you, there's no, uh, no extra privileges for you as you go about <laughs> this, how everyone goes about this. So I was supposed to have an interview planned. I think I had the date for it. And when I applied, I applied on the company site, same as everything went through. When I got my interview, uh, we set up the date with a guy to do it properly. And then they said, hey, we actually need you a month early. Uh, We don't have time to do the full interview. Let's just do a quick phone call interview. So the very next day, someone from corporate just called me, asked me some questions. We did a few uh, interview questions there and then they said, okay, sounds good. Uh, We're sending you in three days. So I did have an official one planned out, but then the timing and everything got switched. So just a little phone call one is uh, what happened.
1: Now we know you were conceived in paradise, but you probably don't remember that resort growing up, growing up. Did you go to any club meds at all?
0: Yeah. So my first club med, I was three and a half months, uh, did Copper Mountain. So of course I don't remember that one as well. When I was two years old, my dad actually got asked to go work in Cancun. Jenner was there and a few other of his friends and he said to my uncle he's like are you crazy man i just had my second baby like i'm not going to leave my wife with two kids like no way i can make it happen and my mom turned to him and said cheese please if you take emily you're good to go it will be way easier cuz he'd be working at home anyways way easier for me to take care of the newborn and then instead of having emily and the newborn while well, you work so we went for, I think, two uh, two weeks maybe, and he worked and I just went and he said, I pretty much didn't see you for the two weeks because it's an adult-only village and all the girl geos hadn't seen a baby in so long that you just kind of got passed around from person to person. Or he said uh, he'd set up the beach volleyball courts. They'd all be playing and I'd just sit and watch for hours. So I did that trip and then... Also, a few years later, when my sister was a little older, my parents both worked in Xtapa Club Med for a month. My mom and dad were GOs, and then me and my sister were in the mini club. And then after that, every two years, we'd probably do a family vacation in Club Med. But Xtapa was always our favorite, and that one's the easiest to get to from Vancouver But we also did Cancun. And then when me and my sister were finally of age to go to Turquoise, we did that one with uh, some friends that was our like waiting to get to 18 to be able to go to my dad's favorite club Med. So that one was pretty exciting as well. So yeah, we, we grew up either being in mini club while my parents worked or just on vacation.
1: By the time you get to Turks in September 2014, there's virtually nothing that can surprise you. There's no culture shock. You sound like oh, you've already, no.
0: what, what, <laughs> I knew what it you all.
1: Mean? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you you're not a you're not a rookie here. So you've uh, kind of grown up in the company. So, yeah, that takes care of all those questions because you and you probably knew all the crazy signs already, I'm guessing. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I knew most of them. Of course, there's new random ones that pop up all the time that took a while. But, yeah, I knew the basic old school ones. And I literally had my dad and uncle training me for. Like pretty much a few years before, I was planning to work for Club Med, telling me the do's and the don'ts, how to be the best yo, blah blah blah. So I I really knew what I was getting into uh,
1: it, when I started. Did you? Uh, I kind of guess I'm wondering if you, when people found out your last name, did anyone make the connection between your dad or Jenner? Like, did that um, come up at all your first season?
0: Yeah, it came up. More, I think, in Turks with the guests, like the GMs knew of my, my dad, my uncle, and then all their group of friends that they worked with. So sometimes they say, oh, how did you know about Club Med? And I'd say, oh, my parents were GOs and they'd ask for a name and then they'd make that connection. So and of course, Turks, there's so many repeaters and stuff that have been coming for years. So they were there when my uncle or my dad were around. As for GOs, not too many people would know them now because they were so long before like our generation started as geos. Thank you for not um, saying
1: old. Thank you.
0: Okay. I I worded it. <laughs> thank you.
1: Beaut- beautifully put, thank you.
0: Okay. Yes. Um, but I did go in with a chief of sailing whose brother was a geo with my family. So I actually knew him before I started in Turks. So he also knew of me and um, we went to a few villages that he was working in and stuff like that. So yeah, that kind of progressed into a few people knowing. But yeah, it's not something like, I think when the old school GEOs would come in and be like, do you know whose daughter this is? The GEOs my age are like, no, like (laughs) we don't really care. (laughs) We don't know who that is. But then also my parents were able to come to all five of uh, the villages I were in while I was working so each year they came to visit me and when they came like I said my my parents are really awesome people they're super friendly and my dad especially loves to talk about the old days and talk about club med he could go on for hours and hours so we get the the my generation geos kind of a little bit just in the fact that He talks about the old stories and the craziness and stuff like that. And that's when they realize like, oh, that's so cool. Your parents kind of did exactly what we did and stuff like that. So it's more when they actually came to a village that they'd realize like, oh, that's super awesome. And then my dad actually came and worked with me in Turks for three weeks uh, my last year in Club Med. So that was really cool to be able to be like a father-daughter geo team.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'll say. So did did yeah. you learn? Did you learn how to sail in Club Med or in Vancouver?
0: Club Med, yeah. Every time we went on vacation, my dad would uh, teach me, and so I learned through him through Club Med. Same with windsurfing. Yes, I actually just got thrown into windsurfing. I went in. I done it maybe a couple times through Club Med, but not good enough to teach a lesson. And then my first week in turquoise as sailing. There was zero wind. I remember this very clearly because the initiation was to wear this big Nemo furry hat on your head. And of course, you're on the beach with direct sunlight. So you're sweating profusely like all shift. And the way to take off the hat is to teach your first sailing lesson as a proper geo. Yet there was no wind. So I had to have that thing on for a full week. So what I did instead was they trained me hard on how to be like the best windsurfing teacher. So for hours and hours a day, I'd practice with them how to teach a lesson and how to tie knots and all the stuff that you could do without wind. So that by the second week, I was teaching an hour windsurfing lesson every day, pretty much for the next year. Wait, can we
1: get back to this hat thing? What are you talking about?
0: I don't know. Is this I a think... rookie
1: rookie thing? Or they... Yeah,
0: I guess it was like their little initiation. It was, okay, it was, a, find, was a Finding Nemo hat? Is it was a... Finding Nemo, yes.
1: Oh, okay, <laughs> so being the new person, you had to wear this. Um, yeah, I had okay. to wear
0: this, and okay. it was fuzzy and quite big, and so it was very hot. Okay. <laughs> Is it but kind of like one of
1: those foam fingers and then uh, is it made out of that material like
0: it was made out it looked like a like a teddy bear like it oh. was like oh boy that okay. kind of material <laughs> so I'm sure it did not smell great um, okay. <laughs> Yeah and so you had to wear it until your first proper sailing lesson. So I think day five of being zero wind this guy said you know what? I feel bad. You're in this hat still like, let's just go float in the water and you can take it off. So <laughs> we took a boat out, literally did not move out of the the zone of the beach just so I could be able to take my hat off. So I still thank this guy <laughs> years later.
1: And you were, you were in the, I see by some of your photos, you were in the um, circus show, trapeze show, or you did, um, did you learn all this in clubbed also?
0: Um, Uh, yes, that's actually a funny story. I, I grew up doing the flying trapeze in club med. I love it. Every break I had in club med as a geo, I'd be there. But I think my only experience doing like indoor circus was with a guy named Aranio years ago when I was a kid, I did a double trapeze routine in Sandpiper. So I don't even recall it. I was so young. So my friend was chief of circus and Turks uh, about six months into my contract. And I guess someone who was doing the triple trapeze was leaving and they needed a replacement. So my friend came up to me and he said, Emily, Listen up. I know you're strong enough because you work sailing, you pull these boats, but you are super clumsy and super awkward. So I don't know how this is going to work. I want you to come out and just test it out and we'll see how it goes. So I was like, thank you for the confidence. (laughs)
1: <laughs> super <laughs> clumsy, I, uh, super I, awkward. I, not just awkward and clumsy, super. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I was like, thank you for that first off. But yes, I would love to come try. So I went out and I guess I passed the test because three days later I was performing uh, my first triple uh, trapeze routine. So throughout my five years of club med, I had a few villages where I'd continue to be in the circus shows and help out a bit on the rig. And then I'd have a few villages where I was kind of the fill in. So anytime someone was on vacation or got hurt, they knew I had some routines on the side. So they'd say, hey, tonight you're performing. uh, What can we get from you kind of thing? So I'd always kind of team up with the circus team and say, hey, am I able to come like uh, train with you guys just so I could keep it up a little bit? But my last season in Turks, I was really learning some cool things and and COVID happened, but I need to, now that COVID's slowing down here in Vancouver, find a, a way to get back into it a little bit.
1: Okay. And did you also do Spanish web or, or any anything like
0: no, that? I've no, I've never tried the Spanish web. I okay. did Lyra, double Lyra, triple trapeze, double trapeze, and a single dance trap, and then some porté as well. Yeah, so I didn't do the crazy stuff, but yeah.
1: And who was your, your chief of village in Turks in 2014? It was
0: Juju, Julian Latraz.
1: Okay. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming he knew, he knew of your father and uncle or.
0: Uh, Not really. He was, um, he's from France. So he was more, he also grew up in Club Med. I think his parents were Geos, but in the European zone. So I believe he had no idea who I was. Um, Yeah. (laughs) got it okay yeah but then we we worked uh like four villages together so by the end he knew my dad well and my dad also forced him to get into beach volleyball so
1: (laughs) well let's rattle off where you work so you I know you started and ended at Turks what did you do in between what resorts did you do in between
0: so after Turks I went to Sherating Beach in Malaysia then I did Phuket Thailand And then Ixtapa, Mexico, and then Columbus, Al Bahamas, and then back to Turks. What year were you in Columbus? Columbus. That is a very good question. (laughs) I will probably take (laughs) way too long to figure that out. I'm
1: figuring 2019, because if you stopped in 2020, that would...
0: Probably 2018. Oh, okay.
1: Do you like that result? I,
0: I only did seven months in Columbus. I did
1: two and a half years in Columbus, okay. Oh, wow. Uh, I win. Uh, Did you like that resort? Did you think it was the most beautiful?
0: The ocean was definitely nice Uh, and the beach. uh, Geo geo rooms? Geo rooms minus a bit of mold problem. They were nice and spacious. And then I actually got moved to a manager room because of my mold. And that was like the nicest geo room I've ever seen. So that was very cool very French based village. So I really had to practice my French there. But yeah, it was very cool. There's a lot of the local GEs that are just so nice, great people, um, small town. uh, So you walk on your day off and they're honking you down to drive you to another beach and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a very Whoa, beautiful. Day. Wait a minute.
1: I never got that in two and a half years there. So.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe it's a but new again,
1: thing. And again, I'm not a beautiful woman, so
0: maybe that's why. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, think no. it was everyone like. Uh, no, no, no. i walked that, walk
1: that road to Coburn town two and a half
0: years. I thought they were mad at me at first when I was walking down the street <laughs> with some people on our day off, they would keep honking. And then. One of the guys who was in the village for years said, no, if they honk, it means uh, they're offering you a ride. And I'm like, oh, okay. that's great to know. Thanks.
1: No, I had a lot of people peeling out on me with extreme prejudice, I might add. OK, <laughs> but that's my story.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: how did you, well, how did you get the make the jump from to, you know, from Turks to Malaysia? How did that happen?
0: It was actually Juju, my chef de village in Turks at the time had a friend who was chef de village in Malaysia, who was looking for another Canadian contract, and he needed a sailing geo. So I guess Juju gave him my name and... They said, OK, you want to go to Malaysia? And I was like, wow, yeah, I've never been to Asia. Why not? So it was a connection through Chef de Villages. And with Asia, you know, there's only amount, a certain amount of like Canadian contracts and yeah. stuff like that. So I think it was just the, the right time because I know a lot of geos um, in my age were fighting to get to Asia and I was quite lucky to get there in my second village. So, yeah, I think the timing just worked out
1: was the chief in Malaysia? In it
0: was uh, Jeremy Gonzalez.
1: Okay. Do you still remember your jet lag to Malaysia?
0: Yes. It took me 36 hours to get there. <laughs> and I'm the type of person who cannot sleep on a plane. Me if too. my life depended me on it. Me
1: too. Nice. So
0: I stared at the screen for 36 hours. My eyes like couldn't even blink at that point. I arrived so you fly into Kuala Lumpur and then you have to take another 45 minute flight into Kwantan, which is a small little airport about 45 minutes from the Club Med. So I got in there exhausted. They told me they lost my luggage. So I, I came out uh, planning to work a year in Malaysia with only a backpack and The driver was like, you're ready? And I said, (laughs) yeah, showed up to the village. It was, I think, like three in the morning. It was some mini club geo. I wasn't even going as mini club, came up and said, hey, let me take you to your room. Where's your luggage? I said, oh, it got lost. And then I got a message from my manager saying, hey, at eight o'clock, we'll meet you for breakfast. So I got a couple hours of sleep, woke up, went to breakfast. And I was like, something's really weird about this club. Like there's nobody here. And later that day, I found out the village was still closed. They closed for a monsoon season and the guests aren't coming one more week, which I didn't know that. So I was just so strange walking around this new village and no one was around. And I was like, what is going on here?
1: And when you were walking around, how soon were you chased by the wild monkeys?
0: Oh, I was told about them. They said you'd hate them. And I was like, but they're so cute. Uh-huh, and wait, then give it,
1: give it a second. Okay, give me, yeah, give me, your, give I, me your best monkey story.
0: <laughs> well, I have two. There is okay, um one that wasn't me, but one of the other geos that I was friends with had a few drinks and went to bed and forgot to lock his door. And he woke up at six in the morning and felt something near him and he looked up and there was a monkey and so obviously he got startled and kind of went oh my god and that startled the monkey so he got bit by the monkey and had to go later that day and get a tetanus shot in uh, the town so i think his story trumps mine a little bit but i was on the third floor so we're kind of mixed in with the gms in malaysia and the whole buildings built on stilts so i was on the uh, the top floor And I was walking down to go to work and this big monkey blocks the stairs. So I'm like, okay, so I try to like scare it or walk through and it's not budging, like not even moving. And it's glaring me right in the eyes. So then I'm like, okay, I'll walk up and then I'll run past it quick. So I walk up and I don't even know how it gets past me so fast. It goes around the outside and blocks me on the upwards part of the stairs And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So then I try to scare it and move it, and it's not budging. So then I try to go down, and it blocks me again. So I'm like, okay, this thing is not letting me go to work. So I'm just standing in the corner, not knowing what to do because any time I'm trying to like barge it, it growls at me and like comes after me. So now I've been like cornered in the little stairs, and I'm there for like ten minutes, just kind of like, okay, don't know what to do. Until one of the gardener sees me and comes with like some big pole and helps me out. And then I run to work from there. So I have that story. And then also I have a story where a monkey grabs my sunnies off my face, looks me direct in the eyes and then goes and cracks my sunglasses in half while staring me down <laughs> classic um, <laughs> yeah so just like there's so many I can't even go about it but yeah I did learn that everyone who told me beware of these monkeys was uh, 100 well when that one uh,
1: when, when that one cornered you and wouldn't let you pass that was your cue to hand over your digital camera to him and then he would not let you <laughs> pass did they not tell you that
0: okay I know I should have <laughs> hey, known here you,
1: here you go <laughs> get some photos.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I should have known. This one was harsh. He was not budging and did not like me very much. <laughs> All right. So then how do you go from Malaysia to Phuket? Hendel, who Hendel. in the Club Med world forever. Who's that? Kimer. Is that the guy that I says know, if you can't if if can handle name. it, handle <laughs> it? My handle? <laughs> that guy? <laughs> yes, that is him. He is good friends with my uncle and yes. dad. My dad kept saying, get her to Thailand. That way we could visit both of you. Um, <laughs> and I did meet Hendel when I was two years old in Cancun when my dad went to work for two weeks. And that's the only time I've met him so I think he put in a request to get me there and uh, after my year in Malaysia my affectation came and it said Thailand and I said of course I've always wanted to go to Thailand and especially work with the famous Handel would be very cool now
1: now wait because I, I'm sure I know the answer to this question because I worked in Asia now when you did a year in Malaysia did you actually go home to Vancouver and then fly back to Asia again to go to
0: Phuket <laughs> I did. Oh God! <laughs> okay. I needed to renew yeah. my yes. <laughs> clothing yes. and dress codes and. Um, what was my part of you day. thinking?
1: What was part of you thinking? God, if there was any other way to not go to Vancouver because of that jet lag, which you probably had to succumb to again, right? I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, of course. I was yeah. like, okay, this seems a little <laughs> not needed. Well, where um, did,
1: wait, where did you go on your, uh, since you stayed a year in Malaysia, where did you go? And you know, on your vacation, did you travel around Asia at all?
0: Yeah, I was debating it was my mom's, I think, 40th birthday. So I'm like, ah, oh, do I make the trip back and surprise her for her birthday? And in the end, my dad's like, she knows she loves you. Like, you don't need to come. That's just for one week vacation, I was only given my year in Malaysia. So he's like, by the time you get here, get out of your jet lag and then you'd be back there's no point so I did Bali there was no room in the club med so I stayed with my first roommate in Malaysia lived in Bali so I stayed with her and then I do day passes in the the club med
1: okay nice yeah very nice so you get to uh, Phuket which is beautiful again another beautiful resort How, did you stay a year in Phuket
0: no I just did seven months again there and actually took six months off after I had four geo weddings and I was four weddings. I did. Okay. And I was like, who do I say no to? I only have one week vacation. So I actually did take uh, six months off and I did all four weddings, but really? um, it was cool because Hendel got married at the end of my season in Thailand And so my uncle, my parents, a ton of their friends from Club Med that I grew up with all came for the wedding and it was beautiful on the beach. A ton of people I know and HR in Thailand actually was like, oh, you're going home next week anyways. Let me just fly you home on the same flight as your parents and uncle. So I got to leave Thailand with my family to go back home. So that was nice.
1: Oh, wow, this is pretty uh, pretty cool. Your uh, your journey here so far.
0: <laughs> yeah. All
1: right. Then you go to Columbus, then back to Turks. Now, I forgot to ask you. Do you have any JoJo stories from either season in Turks?
0: Yes. In my first season, I was with the chef de village and all my good friends on our day off on a boat and I think one of our friends was joking around and jumped off the the boat and did this big scream and I was like oh my god what happened and he turns around and it was Jojo and so we all went and swam with him there and then of course when you're sailing you'll get the the guests freaking out and you look around and yeah the Jojo's just swimming around your sailing boat and it's just so peaceful and you're like wow this is really cool that I get to live this life so yeah lots of sightings of Jojo And also in Columbus, there's a ton of dolphins. There's a little family that every day at sailing, people would come and be like, give me the kayak. I need the kayak. And I'm like, okay, yes, I know you're excited about the dolphins, but we do have a process. You need your name, your room number, uh, you need a life jacket. (laughs) So yeah. I was very lucky to okay, be okay. So th- this is
1: this is unfair again because in the two years, two and a half years I spent in Columbus, not only did I not get a lift, there were no dolphins there at the time. So uh, this, is, this is really brutal to hear, Emily. <laughs> I geez. Okay. I'm
0: I'm sorry. I'll take it back. <laughs> that's, that's I only okay. saw you. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I think all I saw was a nurse shark.
0: <laughs> yeah, they have those at the marina in Columbus. There was quite a few sharks there, but yeah, the dolphins. I was very lucky with my sightings. My best friend in Club Med. Was very mad at me at all times because she's like, I've still never seen the dolphins, and I'm like, oh, I saw like four today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How did you? Like, you
0: uh... just have to, You just like she was the costume designer, so I'm like, just when you're free time, come hang out at sailing. So I think she started to do that, and I think by the end of Turks, uh, she got some sightings in. So
1: well, while you were in Columbus, did you encounter my good friend Hansel Moss?
0: I did. uh, Also a family friend, my dad and uncle went to his wedding a few years back. So I think I have met him at some point, but he's the one who uh, got my dad and uncle and them into club med. So I was very excited to uh, get to, he wasn't working. I think he was doing landscaping, but be around him and hear stories uh with him <laughs>
1: that's right <laughs> oh he's got a ton of those <laughs> yeah you have any other funny stories from either uh season of yours that mm, you could i got share? kind of
0: a crazy one from my first season Crazy's good yeah so sailing team we get a, a rescue boat um we do a lot of rescues i don't know if you know the offshore wind and the reef at the back uh, yes yes for a, a lot of a lot of rescues
1: Mostly um, beginner windsurfers who can't get back, I'm guessing, right?
0: Oh, yes. I think that's one of the reasons they got rid of it. You get <laughs> like 30 people a day taking the windsurfing out and probably about five that come back on their own. So one of my colleagues, a fellow geo, went out to do a rescue. And nowadays there's a lot of parasailing boats and other boats. And I guess he was leaning over to pick up the windsurfer and, or the windsurf. And the boat of another hotel went really, really close to him and caused a wave and kind of pushed him off of our rescue boat. And when that happened, his foot hit the the gas. So now we have a rescue boat going full speed in our area with nobody on it. So that's when you hear the screaming begin. And so at the time I was helping a guest on the beach and I hear this screaming and I look up and I see what's happened. So then we all go into like crazy mode and all the rest of the sailing geos are just trying to get everyone out of the water. Because fun fact, didn't know before this, when a boat is going full speed with no one steering it, it has a mind of its own. So it has no course where it's going. It could do a quick right, or it could be going straight, or it does a turn. And we had a busy day. So we probably had about 30 people and things out in the water at that point. So we're screaming at people to come in. There are people jumping off their kayaks and swimming in because they think it will be the fastest way. So they're leaving things out in the water. Oh boy. Um we have people on the beach screaming. We're trying to get people like all the swimmers on the whole entire Turks beach out of the water. Cause it's coming super close into the beach. Um, you get the people who aren't listening cause they've had quite a few things to drink. So that's when all the other GOs start to figure out what's happening. And we have uh, one of my friends who was working the bar at Sharky's is coming out and just grabbing people from the water. At one point I hear my name and it's like someone screaming, Emily, Emily. And, I go and it's the guy who uh, got pushed off the boat and I go and he's been hit by the boat. So I grab him out of the water and I guess what happened was the boat was coming at him and he was like, "Ah, what what do I do? So he dove down to try to because he didn't know what direction it would go to. So you can't go right. It might come at you. So he went down, but the propeller got his foot. So I pull him out of the water and I just see bone And I'm like, oh my God. And of course, it's a big scene now. I have so many people down there. So I get all these big guys to help me bring them to a beach chair. And a few of them said, hey, we're doctors. We're doctors. Like, we're good with him. I said, okay, perfect. You watch him. I'm going to go call the nurse. So I had to do a report with the nurse, get her to come. He's handled, taken off in the ambulance to the hospital. And then I go back down. We're still trying to get people out. And then this lady, sees the boat coming at her and jumps off her sailing boat and she goes down in the water and the rescue boat goes over top of her and i'm like in shock i thought she's dead i'm like 100 there's no way she's alive like it went right over top of her and i just like stop and i'm like in shock for a few seconds and then i feel like it was like hours later but she pops up and i'm like oh my god i don't know how that didn't hit her but She comes out and she's fully in shock. So I give her to another geo to kind of sit with her and talk her through it. And so what happens is we're like, okay, let's start throwing ropes in the water. Maybe it would get the engine tangled. So we threw some of those in and then all the neighboring hotels and our scuba and snorkeling boats, all the bigger boats went out and just started making circles. So there was big waves. And eventually what happened was... I guess our rescue boat hit a wave and it kind of pushed it back into neutral. So it wasn't moving. But then the story's not done because one of the local guys went on a rescue boat, came to our beach and said, When you find a boat unattended in the Caribbean, it belongs to the person who finds it. So now he's trying to take our boat from us. <laughs> So the police come, and I was like the witness, so I had to go deal with him and the police, and he's in my face yelling at me saying, this was unattended, this is my boat, Um, and the police saying, what's your story, and I said, it was attended until someone's boat knocked him off our boat, but then we had to deal with that, and once that was sorted, everyone kind of dispersed. And now we still had 30 items out in the water that we had to go out and slowly collect and sail back. And when that day was all gone, uh, we went to the hospital to visit our friends. And the doctor said he is the luckiest human in the world. It didn't hit any tendons or nerves or anything. It just was a fresh cut on the top of his foot straight to the bone. So he was super lucky, which we were very happy about. But <laughs> I think under these, I've I've been through quite a lot of these random situations in Club Med in my five years, and I'm pretty good during the time. I'm I'm doing what I need to do. But then after the hospital, I was like, wow. And I think I cried and called my parents, and I was like, I had the worst day at work. <laughs> so well, yeah.
1: you didn't say. Hey, so did Club Med or the local get the boat?
0: Uh, Club Med did get the boat. I okay. think they gave him a bit of money to just say here. Leave us alone, please.
1: (laughs) Ignore maritime law. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, we're like, it didn't just pop up this random boat with no passenger. It had a passenger yeah, that yeah. <laughs> now is in the hospital. So yeah. I think uh, the rules aren't quite uh, how you yeah, think. I, but...
1: I, I think if it's adrift for six months, uh, you know, if no one's on it, okay. But yeah, not not after a few minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So you're,
1: you're in Turks and you actually happen to be in, in a village where COVID's happening and you have to leave. It's closed due to COVID, correct? Yes. What's that like?
0: It was very sad. I um, am not a crier at (laughs) departures and I was bawling my eyes out. So pretty much a few weeks leading up to it, every time I called my parents, they're like, so anything different there? And I was like, no, like we are living life hundred percent normal. They're like, just be careful. Things are getting pretty weird here in Vancouver. Um, And I'm like, yeah, we haven't heard anything. Like we're still doing our parties. We're still doing everything as in as is the only thing we were noticing is maybe less gms coming in and that's because their countries were starting to have rules but we were doing everything as normal and then i remember it was me and all my friends day off on a thursday at the end of march 2020 i guess and we got called in for an all geo at like midnight that night. Uh, so they said, even if you're day off, everyone has to come. And so we went in and Juju, my chef Delvage from the first season was back there. And he said, okay, we just got word from Miami. We're closing the club tomorrow. So you have all of tomorrow to pack your bags and completely shut down your responsible. So like I was sailing at the time. Well, sorry, um, Emily, uh,
1: how long had you been there? Like, so far up until this point
0: probably 10 months okay yeah so we had one day he said no one has to eat with guests tomorrow like we have a lot to do and starting saturday morning you guys are getting flown out don't talk to us about what flight you want or which friends leaving which where our job is your safety. We get you home as quick as you can before your borders close, whatever is happening. So on the Friday, we all wake up early. Sailing's a pain in the butt to close down because you never know how long it would be closed. We don't want people stealing the equipment. So we take all the masts down. We take all the boats apart. We go put those in the middle of the village, all the paddleboards and kayaks. We take to the secondary restaurant and lock those up. We're putting locks on all the stuff in there. And then you're also trying to pack your bags. You've been there 10 months. So pack your life together pretty much. So once that's all done, we did a big like family dinner. So me and all my closest friends sat together and we said, okay, last night, Uh, What do we do? So we, everyone who had alcohol bottles in their rooms, we brought it to one of our manager's rooms. He had a bigger room. We grabbed a few of our GMs that have been coming for years that we're super close with and said, Hey, this is our final night. Let's go. So we had a bunch of drinks. And then after a bunch of drinks, we went to the casino to spend all our chips that we've had saved up probably didn't go to bed till six in the morning. And then at seven o'clock people started leaving and it was just a tear fest for the whole day. Every hour you had people leaving couples who've been together for years, getting separated to go to their different countries, not knowing when they'd see each other, your best friends leaving again, not knowing when you'd see each other, having no clue when club med will reopen. I was getting shipped off the next day, the Sunday, they had to change my flight. So it was me and two of my good friends and then a few people staying. So we had to go through all those departures in a day. And that night we just like sat and kind of cried on the beach and we're like, this is really sad. And then the next day we got shipped off and there was just a, all the managers stayed in the village. And then a couple people who their borders have already closed down that had to stay But at that point, I was just so sad and like, that's an awful way to end Club Med. I was planning on finishing at the end of the season. So, two months later, I was like, okay, I'm going to try real life. But when it ended like that, I got home and I was like, messaged Juju and I said, as soon as the club opens, bring me back. Like, I'm not ending that way. And then time just went on and I said, okay, maybe it's time to do real life. Like, I'm okay. So, yeah, well, I was very well, sad.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but in, to, well, I'd like to end this on a happy note, because you mentioned in your intro, intro, you helped open the first clubbed ever in Canada, Clubbed Charlevoix in Quebec, correct?
0: Yes, I what did. Is that like?
1: What's that like?
0: It was cool. It was nice. They wanted me to stay for a season, and I kind of made the executive decision that I'm trying to settle down in Vancouver. And so I said, I could come in for a month. I'm in between jobs. So that works for me. And they said, sure. So it was very cool. They did it. It's beautiful. I went two weeks before opening so that we had no GMs and it was just like classic club med crazy, just getting everything sorted. What were you doing there? I actually went to help with boutique. So I've never been a boutique Gio in my life, but Every service and everyone needed as much help as they could get. What's Um, it like
1: wearing clothes instead of a bathing suit when you're working? You know, what's
0: funny. (laughs) I knew quite a lot of people in that village and like five different people had no clue who I was because I got introduced as boutique. I was the palest I've ever been in five years and I was wearing a mask. So it took like one of the, this guy who I've known for five years, like three days. And he was like, oh, Oh my God, Emily, I'm so sorry. It was that meal when my mask was off that he actually noticed me. And um, even Kevin Bat, who grew up with my parents and stuff, he took like two days to recognize me. And all these people kept saying like, you're not in a bikini, you're not tan and you're wearing a mask and you're working boutique. So sorry, it was a bit confusing. So yeah, it was very cool. It was the first two weeks of just craziness, getting everything sorted. And then they had like all these special people come in and bands coming in to perform. We had a a few days of travel agents coming to check it out. And then a few days of all these uh, social media influencers to come promote it. And then when the opening hits, it was nice. I had some GMs that I recognize from other villages come. So that's always nice to see.
1: Were the GMs mostly North American that came?
0: Yes. Majority of the first few weeks were locals driving in from Montreal or Quebec City, a few other parts of Canada, Toronto, stuff like that. And quite a few people from Mexico, actually, and uh, Brazil. Oh,
1: really? Brazil? Okay.
0: Yeah. We actually had all the Chef de Villages from Brazil come for the opening. Really? Um, so I guess they have a package or something. They're working on it to get a lot of people from there coming in. So that was cool. And yeah, we had, yeah, a ton of the Chef de Villages came in. So it was just one nice to get back. Of course, I miss Club Med every single day. So just to get a month of it was great. And then seeing friends and seeing Chef de Villages. I had two old Chef de Villages I worked with both there. I got to celebrate my 29th birthday there see an opening the first one in Canada it was very cool and it's going to be great to be able to say that in the future so yeah it was it was good I'm glad I went um they do message me to go back um and I have to be very strict I have a friend in Ixtapa who's like ah oh, can you come be a this and I I get offers all the time and it like hurts me to say no. And I say, don't bring this up again. Um,
1: Especially in the the winter. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that's a struggle. At least it's Vancouver. It's not like snow. Montreal. Yes. Where I'm looking out of the snowy
1: window talking to you right now. Yes.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So that part's nice, but. I would like to be able to do maybe what my dad does and come in and help uh, for two to three weeks here and there. If they're desperate, that would be the dream is still get to be a part of Club Med and maybe help out every once in a while. But I think I am done with the full seasons.
1: Okay. And all your seasons, like other than the people you mentioned already, were there any employees or managers that stood out to you like in a positive way that we haven't Uh,
0: mentioned? Yes. I love Juju. I loved working with him. I loved his style. That's why um, I followed him to a few villages. He's very old school Club Med and that's how I was brought up. So the old school crazy signs and big focus on the animation, the shows, the parties, which I think that's what makes Club Med Club Med. So he was great. Loved working with him. I had Tonio as my sports manager in two of my villages. He was my first one. So uh, you always remember your first one and he was always great. I went to his wedding. He got married to another Geo in Ixtapa. So that was awesome to be a part of. I really was, I I lucked out, I think a lot, my managers and my teams in all my villages. I was very, very happy uh, in Ixtapa. I had a great, Season, I had Jose Luis as my chef de village, and again, he was amazing. My team was amazing there. I feel like in all my villages, I really worked on like having a little family so a group of people that you just spent all your free time with and your days off with. And if you had a bad day, or I had a a guest pass away and I was the one to deal with the wife and the morgue and everything and Turks. And you just like, you miss your family and you have those moments and you're supposed to be happy all the time in Club Med, but just to have a group of people that you kind of call your Club Med family to go and talk to and have a moment with. So I was very lucky. I had that in uh, most of my villages in my five years. So yeah, I I can't even name all of them. There's just so many.
1: And all the villages you worked at, which are all amazing, is there one that you can pinpoint that was your favorite or ma- or most magical? Can you pinpoint?
0: I would right? have to go between two turquoise for the chef de village, the team, and just the place. I say my favorite for Club Med, Club Med is Turks because of the the GMs, the nineteen plus, the lack of change. I know that's for some people it might not be good, but I just love the people coming in who've been coming for 30 years, the old school. I think after my five years of being in Turks my first time, and then my second time, ta- second time there wasn't one day that I didn't know a GM from the five years before. And they're just so nice. they, They come and they know I like fireball. So they'll bring a bottle. Another guy knows I'm obsessed with candy. and We'll bring candy. And they message you and say, hey, just because you're there, I planned another trip down. So Turks is just so special in that way. The repeaters, the beach, the the energy there is great. But then a very close uh, matchup would be Ixtapa, which is completely opposite. Very family based, but just the lifestyle there, first of all. I'm obsessed with tacos and beer. So days off were great. I think I was on a one-year taco diet, but just the days off were so cool. You take the bus into Zihuataneo or you go explore the beaches and everything like that. And the local Mexicans, the GEs are some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Whenever my dad comes in, I tell him to bring me like shirts and stuff like that. And There was a guy who I I brought some bandanas for and every single day he'd show me in the restaurant wearing the bandana and the t-shirt and there's a bartender who has a wife and kids and probably doesn't make great money but on our days off he'd invite us over and his wife would cook up this big Mexican meal and treat us and yeah. So both of those were such opposite experiences, but so great. And again, the chef de village and my group of friends really hit it off. I think that's like the biggest thing you could be in the most beautiful resort in the world, but if you don't have a good team and a good manager, like what do you have really, you know?
1: True enough. True enough. Well, this has uh, been amazing. Um, before I let you go, cause you've been very generous with your time. Is there something I didn't ask you? forgot to ask you something you want else you wanted to say, cause I don't want to let you go and I know, I know, I know we covered a lot, but I don't want to let you Um, go unless I forgot something.
0: Yeah, (laughs) no, I think that's all. I love Club Med. I was happy to do my five years with them. I'm heartbroken really to be moving on in life, but the experiences and the stories and the friends I've made, I'm trying to get my best friend right now from South Africa to move to Vancouver. I've got to go around the world two of my good friends from club med got married in South Africa and I was a bridesmaid. So I went to that. And so the traveling and the friendships that will continue after this are amazing and will be never ending. And who knows, I'll try to get in and do some more little stints here and there would be the dream, but yeah, story-wise I could go on for years. So I will <laughs> stop with them now, yes. um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs>
1: All right. No, I, I know you have an appointment to get to. So I really thank you for taking the time to talk to me. It's been really great.
0: No problem. Thank you so much. I know my Jen, uh, uncle Jenner mentioned this months ago, so I'm glad we were able to find a time. Yes. And
1: I had to go through a, through a lot it. of agents and publicists, but we got it done. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, tell your <laughs> yeah, dad I'm, I'm, I'm coming for him. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh yes. I will let him know. <laughs> He'll well, You'll have to plan a three three hour slint in there oh for him.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to get a beep or a buzzer or two. So, okay.
0: Yeah, cut them off.
1: <laughs> well, everyone, that was Emily Jensen from Vancouver. Once again, uh, thanks, Emily. D- don't hang up right away. I just, I just want to talk to you after we hang up. But uh, we, uh, we will see you all next week. Say bye, Emily.
0: Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.